0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 94. Royal Caribbean cruises to Alaska are a cornerstone of what Royal Caribbean has been offering for years, and this week, we'll discuss what you need to know about taking a cruise to Alaska, including the ports you'll be visiting, how to pack for this kind of a cruise, and other helpful tips for exploring the land of the midnight sun. Here we go. Since I started this podcast, I've gotten a lot of emails and questions about Royal Caribbean cruises to Alaska, and because each episode of this podcast is aimed at helping you have a better Royal Caribbean cruise, I wanted to make sure we explore this topic in depth. So folks that I speak with have taken an Alaska cruise will tell you all about the magnificent natural wonders to be found in Alaska, the fun towns, and really interesting cultural adventures you'll embark upon. And so I'm lucky enough to be friends with someone who really knows Alaska cruising in and out. So It's my pleasure to welcome this week Stephanie Miller, an Asian from MEI Travel. Stephanie, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Matt. How are you?
0: Outstanding. Great to have you on here and, and talk all about Alaska. And, you know, Stephanie, we've it's, it's kind of interesting. I've answered questions about Alaska before on the podcast, and I've totally said in the past I've gotten the answers totally from you because I have not taken an Alaska cruise yet. And you are the Alaska Cruise experts. I've sent you messages like, Stephanie, help me, help me. I got to get the answer to this. And actually, one of our listeners, Bill from Columbus, Ohio, sent me an email, and I think you're going to enjoy it because Bill wrote, my wife and I are planning on Alaska Cruise for 2016 and would really appreciate hearing from you and perhaps from fellow listeners any advice on pre or post cruise land tours out of Fairbanks, Seward, or Anchorage. Are these worth it? Is it better to go to these tours before or after the cruise? Which land itinerary offers the most value? And which would you consider to be the most interesting? I hope I'm not asking too much. You mentioned a specific MEI travel agent that is an expert on Alaska cruises during episode 72. Do you think she could join us for an Alaska-themed show? Well, Bill, wish granted, here's Stephanie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Bill, that's a great question. And um, I, think, I think he brings up a great point that people don't even think about when they think about Alaska because there's three general itineraries um, that you can do for Alaska, Matt. And, and one is going north, one is going south, and one is going on a round trip. So yep. it depends if you want to do um, which one you want to do. And then uh, the ones where you do north or southbound, uh, you can do a cruise tour with Royal Caribbean and then stay up in the, the northern part up in uh, you know, the Denali, the national park, and, and tour up there as well. Um, what I really like about the tours is it kind of is a continuation of the cruise. They still take care of you. They get you where you need to go. um, The transfers are included, but then you can book excursions while you're in the national park. So you don't all have to do the same thing. Um, What He asked a great question about which to do first. And I think that comes a little bit into a personal preference. Um, When you do the North or South, you end or start in uh, Vancouver on the South. And then uh, the cruiser tour would be up in the northern part. So some people like to go and do the time adjustment. Like if you're coming from the East Coast, Matt, you know how you come over and you feel like you've died because it's three hours different or whatever. <laughs> um, you might want to hang out in Vancouver for two days, um, you know, two nights, one long day, and then hit the cruise up. And then you're kind of feeling good when you hit the land up there instead of that, you know, I just traveled and I don't know what time zone I'm in. You might enjoy the, the land portion more that way. Um, so I think for me, that's what I would do. But, and I also think people like to get off the ship and they've eaten all week and then go walk around. Um, Absolutely. That's, that's just my personal opinion. And there's probably, you know, just as many people saying they'd do the other. Um, yep. And he asked about length, but it just depends on what he likes to do. Um, and also your budget. You know, you can also, every time you add a day, you add some cost. So that's just something we would work one-on-one with to see what fits his needs and his likes.
0: Sounds great. I'm going to, I'm going to, I've got a number of questions here, Stephanie, and I'm going to just, I'm just going to hit you up here until you plead for mercy. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready for this? (laughs) All right. Cruising, uh, cruise that goes out of Vancouver or Seattle. What's the difference and why should you care?
1: Okay. Um, you could It might matter on airfare. You might uh, be able to get into one cheaper than the other, depending on where you're from. Um, Vancouver requires a passport. You cannot get to Vancouver without a passport because you're going into Canada.
0: Right, as an American citizen.
1: Right, as an American. So if you are going to do the birth certificate thing, you need to go out of Seattle. That is the biggest difference. Um, Other than that, the round trips go out of um, Seattle um, most of the one ways go out of Vancouver. So you'd be doing a northbound out of Vancouver.
0: Okay. In terms of planning for an Alaska cruise, one of the most common questions, what do I wear on an Alaska cruise? What do I pack?
1: Okay. Great question. Uh, as a general rule, people are more casual. Um, so there's still the formal lines. They still do all that, but everyone it's take the edge off. It's down a level. And people wear their jeans to dinner with like a sweater. Do you know what I mean? Because it's that, it's your cold. Um, So I suggest comfort. I suggest layers. And not so much, it's not so much about the ship. It's more about Alaska. Um, I really believe that about Alaska. It's not about the cruise so much. You're looking out all the time. You always want to be on the, looking out the windows, out the, off the railings, and it's always light out. I is never, saw, I never saw dark the whole
0: week.
1: <laughs> it's so well, weird.
0: Well, they well, of course, you know Alaska. One of their motto, state mottos, is of course the, the land of the midnight sun. So it makes total sense yes. there.
1: Well, no, and it's great because you yep. just can go, 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 and um, and so I just suggest layers. I did the, I don't know if you've seen them, like the three in one jackets. So there's like the fleece, and then the little outer shell that goes over it. And it was perfect because when it was raining, we had the shell. When it was cold, you added the fleece, and and it was just all layered up, and it was perfect.
0: So here's a here's a really silly question: You're going in the summertime to Alaska. That's when Royal Caribbean offers cruises mm-hmm. to Alaska.
1: Right.
0: Am I packing any shorts?
1: Uh, yes. Okay, my kids were in the pool in Juneau. It was sixty degrees.
0: <laughs> so so
1: we had we. It's cold outside. Um. The, the pools are warm. So, yes, you could take – I would take one pair of shorts and you would rewear okay. them. I would take two pairs of jeans. I'd take two pairs of pants, you know, and you just kind of cycle okay. through and lots of T-shirts under the sweatshirts and sweaters.
0: Makes sense. Now, one of the things a lot of people will talk about when they're taking an elastic cruise is do I need to get a balcony? Is it like one of the more important itineraries that a balcony is quote-unquote worth it? What is, what's your opinion on that?
1: Alaska is the one cruise I would say skip a cruise to afford a balcony on the next cruise. For a you know what I'm saying save up.
0: Yeah, it's do, worth it.
1: It's it's worth it. Hands down, yes. I spent the entire day in Tracy Arm Fjord on my balcony. Um, nice. For and and then that's also where okay, so you know, you're just in your room pulling around, you look up, my daughter yells "Orca!" and <laughs> There's twenty of them. Wow. Okay, you won't. That wouldn't have happened to you. Know what I'm saying? If we had been in an inside room? right. So I think there is just it is just so important to be able to look out because that's why you're there. Is yep. all And and the kids love it too. I had no idea that my kids would be so excited.
0: Let's talk about. Let's talk about some of the places you'll be visiting. Kind of, I know we've talked about other podcasts. You've given me kind of the quick hits, but let's do quick hits on some of these uh, ports. What's like the? I'm going to give you the port name. You just tell me like what's the what's the thing to do here and uh, some suggestions if you have any as to some good ideas. Uh, Ketchikan. Uh, Ketchikan fishing. 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 Okay.
1: Fishing excursions and oh, and then they had the lumberjack show, but the fishing excursions (laughs) huge. 20-pound halibut. Awesome. You can ship it home. I mean, amazing.
0: What if if the idea of touching a fish really freaks you out? (laughs) (laughs) Hypothetically speaking, not talking about anyone I personally know, like myself or anything like that. Of course not. I'm a manly man. But on the off chance, touching a fish would really freak you out because the scaliness and sliminess really does not appeal to you. What's another alternative? (laughs)
1: Um, no, and well, and the town is cool. So you can walk around the town. You can do, and, and you can always get on. They have the expensive helicopter tours that you can do. You can also go kayaking. They have the adventure tours. Um, almost all the ports offer all those levels, just like anywhere. Awesome. Or you can also walk the town.
0: How about uh, Juneau?
1: Juneau, oh, Hall Glacier. You got to go see it. And there's great hiking trails out there.
0: Is this the glacier where I think you told me earlier that I know Royal Caribbean offers it and other cruise lines as well, like the helicopter show, but it almost always gets canceled.
1: It does if it rains. And I won't say almost always, but it often does. But okay. you know what's cool is it's one of those things where, okay, if the cruise line runs the bus tours to Menhall too, but you can also go to town and get a bus. Now, I'm not saying don't do the cruise line tours because sometimes it is nice the way the buses come right to the ship. Yep. Um but as a backup, like if they canceled the helicopter, you got to be like, it's okay. We can still get up to the glacier and go. They have like a visitor center and then you can walk up. And we also we saw like um, mountain goats through the um, binoculars and eagles. Eagles are everywhere in Alaska. I, who knew? Eagles are just <laughs> everywhere. Awesome. Skagway. Skagway. Skagway is awesome. Um, I would go to Haynes from Skagway if you can. Haynes is is another town that is not, Skagway is a town, and if you get on a uh, catamaran, you can go to Haynes. Think enclosed catamaran, not drinking in Cozumel catamaran. Um, (laughs) It's different. And you go over to another town that is not touristy. It's more like real Alaska. And um, there's some tours run out of Haynes that are really fun to do.
0: Tracy Arm Fjord.
1: Oh, Beautiful. Peaceful, amazing glacier thunder when the ice falls off. Amazing. Wow.
0: Uh, Hubbard Glacier. Now you're cruising for this, when you're not stopping. But how does like say how does the Hubbard Glacier differ than you know another glacier or, or the fjords or it's, you know what I mean?
1: It's just really wide. It's just a whole nother level. So okay, when we talked about the south, southbound and the northbound, that's why a lot of people make that choice is to do Hubbard Glacier. It's like, it's the big daddy, you know, it's the one you want to go to. And so I think some people, what you can do is do a round trip. If you think you might really like, um, Alaska, and then you're either going to say, this is the best thing I've ever done. Or you're going to say it was really cool. Now, if it's (laughs) the best thing you've ever done, you might then jump on and do a North and Southbound and add the cruiser tour.
0: Absolutely. So how about, oh, go ahead.
1: Go, no, go ahead.
0: What about uh, Seward?
1: Seward is kind of more like the port town where you're going to get on board, and you're yep. going to stay in a hotel there and do pre-nights, kind of like you would in Vancouver, um, or you use that as a launching point to get to Anchorage and then go on into the uh, Denali.
0: Okay. Do you think combining the land and sea kind of thing, you know, some of the land tours, I mean, are they are they nice to have? Is like a suite, like it's nice if you can do it, but, you know, not necessarily critical or is it just like you know or is it really just an amazing experience that just you know ups it to another degree
1: i think it's more inland so it takes from the sea side of it and you go more into like the rockies mountains or like the mountainous part of alaska it's a different a different part do you know what i mean it's like saying california versus i don't know inland rock colorado you know what i mean it's further away but kind of the same
0: Okay. Now, we talked a lot about excursions here, Stephanie. Is Alaska the kind of place that you're going to be booking excursions on your own typically or are you going to be going with Royal Caribbean?
1: Um you could do a little of both. Um actually, I, I don't know if you've told your listeners more that I've been using a lot of short trips lately. There's a a company that, you know, is a third party, and what they'll do is they'll do a package. So, they'll know that you're going to stop in 3 towns, and they'll put three tours together in an Alaska package, or they'll sit, they'll get a recommendation for you, and no. that's kind of cool, because it'll pull, you know, the favorites, and it'll be like, hey, try this, this, and it's usually a kind of a mix, so there's yep. a little adventure, a little, you know, touring, um, and I do kind of like that as an option, uh, keeping in mind, though, that sometimes the best service is with Royal Caribbean, like I said, there's some long piers, and the buses are showing up right there for you if you book with them, if you book through someone else, you could be hauling into town
0: <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to get
1: that transfer, and you're going. Why did I, you know, why didn't I pay the okay. extra twenty bucks?
0: All right, so let's wrap things up here. Uh, number one, uh, biggest pitfall for anyone who's going to be taking an Alaska cruise. What's something you? What do you think is a mistake people often make, or kind of don't consider when they're when they're planning their Alaska cruise?
1: That you have to be flexible. That it can rain. That there can be ice in the fjord. That they can, you have to be flexible for, for them to change schedule. Your helicopter tour can be canceled. You just don't know, so don't assume it's all going to be perfect. And then you'll just not worry about it when you know things go a little bit wrong.
0: Okay, favorite thing ever. If you go to if you go to Alaska right now, we have the magic machine that transports us anywhere, everywhere, regardless of, of you know time, space, anything else. <laughs> Where are we going, Stephanie? In Alaska.
1: Oh, we are going we're, – we're going just to the uh, Nugget Falls at the Benton Hall Glacier and just staring at it.
0: <laughs> I like it. All right. Now the most important question, Stephanie. You know, to get a, to know our podcast guests a little bit better, I'm going to ask you a couple quick questions about how you like to cruise. So just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. You ready? Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, what's your preferred drink while on a cruise?
1: Oh, it's the first one after the, the, um, y- you know, when you go to the lifeboats, Yep. The best, after, the... The best, after you have that, then the first drink I have is my favorite. Cause it means I'm on vacation.
0: And what is that? What kind of drink is that? It's usually what just
1: you... whatever the bartender has with lots of crazy colors and ice.
0: <laughs> I like that. It's very descriptive. <laughs> favorite port of call to visit.
1: Um, Vancouver.
0: Oh, why do you like why Vancouver?
1: The town is amazing. It's a city. I love the city. It's just amazing. And Stanley Island, red bikes right around the island. It was it was an amazing day.
0: So you, if you're going to take a cruise that's leaving out of Alaska, or sorry, leaving, Alaska, <laughs> leaving out of Vancouver to go to Alaska, would you mm-hmm. recommend at least a day early so you can do a little bit of exploring there in Vancouver?
1: Yes, and there's a great aquarium there.
0: Ooh, good to know. And lastly, last question. Favorite song on the radio or iPod today? anything by
1: Maroon 5. Sugar? Oh, sugar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Animals, I mean you tell me what's, just, you know, what's what's, what's, what's your jam.
1: All the, it's all going on, <laughs> you know, random mix on like runs and walks right there.
0: Awesome. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing your expertise. I hope that uh I know that in fact our listeners are going to benefit. This is going to be one of these bookmark episodes because it's just stuff like I need to come back to this when I'm going on Alaska cruise soon so I can remember all this awesome stuff. Stephanie, thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you, Matt, for having me. It was really fun.
0: All right. It's time to answer your listener emails. One of my favorite things to do every single week. And of course, I want to also take some time out to... Make sure I recognize everyone who has left these great reviews on iTunes. Boy, I tell you, they help the podcast a lot, so thank you to everybody who's been doing it, and we have two, actually, to read this week. First is from Brass Frog, who writes, this podcast is something for people who are new to cruising as well as experts. Matt provides tons of great information in a fun and breezy format. After an episode or two, you will be chomping at the bit to go on a Royal Caribbean cruise. The only downside is you may get addicted to the podcast. If you do, it's not my fault. Hashtag, it's Matt's fault. <laughs> what can I say? It's true. And we also have a review from Carl N.J. He writes, this is one of the best cruise podcasts available today. Matt does a great job exploring new topics around cruising on Royal Caribbean each week, even if you don't cruise on Royal. I recommend checking it out. Just beware, you may end up booking your next cruise on Royal Caribbean. That's what happened to me. (laughs) Sorry, Carl and Brass Frog. (laughs) What can I say? You're welcome. That's the best thing I can tell you. And uh, thank you again for the reviews. And again, uh, if you take the time to leave a review on iTunes, I will take the time to read them because I think it's the least I can do as a way of saying thank you to each and every one of you for the wonderful reviews and and really great comments. And and the ways that you all take time to support this podcast, man, I'll tell you, it really makes a difference. And it it means a lot to me. So thank you all very much. Let's get things off this week with our emails. And we'll start with an email from Luke from Cold Montreal. I hope that's changed for you, Luke, since you wrote this email to me. But Luke writes, I just listened to episode 89 about dynamic dining, and I would like to share my thoughts on this. Last February, I went on a nine night Eastern Caribbean cruise aboard Norwegian gem out of New York and experienced their freestyle dining. Being a somehow loyal Royal Caribbean fan and a main dining room kind of guy, same goes for my wife, we were a little nervous about this whole dine when you want to and where you want thing. In the end, it turned out to be a rather good experience for us, and here's why. Amongst all the various venues where you eat dinner, the Norwegian Gem has two main dining rooms with open seating. Like any other venues, you can make both reservations or walk in and wait to be seated. Two dining rooms offer a similar menu to what I experienced on my last Explorer of the Seas Cruise, and if you make reservations, you can ask for the same table and wait up every night. Your dress code is also a little stricter in those dining rooms, you just can't go there in bathing suits and flip flops. Perhaps that's the direction Royal Caribbean should take with their dynamic dining offer the flexibility and variety, and an option of more traditional. Of course, if you want the same table and wait staff every night, you could book the same specialty restaurant every night, but it wouldn't be the same as a main dining room experience with respect to the variety of food and atmosphere. Their new approach where you keep the same wait staff every night while rotating them from venues doesn't do it for me. In the end, it was pretty close to the main dining room experience with the same wait staff and the variety of food, but it's not the same thing as sitting in the same chair every night. Maybe I'm just too old school. Well, that's my sense. two cents on the topic. Keep up the good work on the podcast. You're by far my favorite amongst all the other vacation cruise podcasts I listen to. And don't slow down your pace. You're just perfect like this. P.S. Being Canadian, I post a review of the podcast on the Canadian iTunes store. You get those as well or only the iTunes reviews in the United States. If you don't get the reviews from other countries, you should check with Apple on how you can get them. Luke, wow. First of all, thank you for the review. You know, I don't check it because when you go into iTunes, you have to set your country. And so I only see the U.S. reviews. You're absolutely right. And so, A, I apologize to you and anyone else who's left reviews internationally. You are helping the podcast, no question about it. And I will have to go look at it as a way that I can figure out how to read all the reviews from the other countries. So uh, I certainly don't want to overlook your contributions. So thank you very much. The you know, other thing about kind of comparing what Norwegian does, you know, Royal Caribbean will tell you, of course, what dynamic dining is different than... Norwegian's freestyle dining in in one major way. There is no main dining room. Norwegian still retains the main dining room, whereas on Royal Caribbean, you don't. I'm like you. I am a main dining room kind of guy. I think that it's been something that I've really enjoyed. My wife has really enjoyed it, and we like having the same waitstaff. We like having the same table mates. I'm not so sure that I care so much about having the same exact seat, and that's why I really do like the idea of the Dynamic Dining Classic. That offers me the rotational dining with the same people every night, same waitstaff every night. So that kind of appeals to me. I'll be honest with you. And I had actually, I've tried Norwegian's offering. I was on. I'm not sure it was the gym. I actually forgot which ship it was. It's been a while now, back in 2012. And you know, I just didn't love the the whole freestyle dining concept. And I'm not sure why it just didn't resonate with me all that much. And so I think what when they get the dynamic dining classic i really think maybe i'm maybe i'm being optimistic here but i really think i'm gonna like that because it's going to combine i feel the best of dynamic dining and traditional dining so i'm really looking forward to trying that out hopefully sometime soon and, of course, thank you for the email. <laughs> Next, we have an email from Michael, who writes, I've been listening to the show for a few months and enjoy the discussions you've had on many cruise topics. While I'm not an obsessive over Royal Caribbean, as some of your listeners seem to be, we do sail on them regularly than other cruise lines, especially over the last couple of years. Anyway, in a couple of weeks, I'll be on an adventure of the seas for Southern Caribbean sailing out of Puerto Rico. Uh, I'm looking forward to a week of heading to some unique ports. It will be our first time for me visiting Aruba and Curacao, second time to St. Kitts, and one of the several visits to St. Thomas. Well, that sounds like a great cruise, Michael. And I'll tell you, some of the ports that you've visited, I haven't been to Aruba or Curacao. I've done the Southern Caribbean. We talked about, of course, a couple of, well, not a couple of episodes, many episodes ago, we talked about my cruise on Jewel of the Seas. And the cruises that go out of San Juan, Puerto Rico, offer cruises to the Southern Caribbean. But there's a couple different itineraries. And the one that you're going on is different than the one I went to. So there's that. But I've heard great things about Aruba, especially. Cursao also is a very supposed to be a very nice island. And, of course, they're just there's just different places than, you know, Cozumel or Grand Cayman or NASA or what have you. And I agree, I've been to St. Thomas many times, so I'm not going to talk to you necessarily about that. Although I am actually thinking about that problem, especially because I'm going to St. Thomas on Freedom of the Seas this July. And I'm trying to think to myself, hmm, where am I going to go? What do I want to do? And we've been kind of going back and forth, me and my wife as to what we want to do there, because we've done Megan's Bay many, many times, and we'll kind of have to see what... Maybe we'll go back again. Who knows? But I'm trying to, you know, always weigh all, all the possibilities, right? But I think you're going a great time on there, Michael. And, you know, you mentioned earlier in the email you're not, you know, a, a diehard real Caribbean fan. That's okay. We like to have... Everybody's inclusive here, and, and I think actually your opinion as a casual fan is definitely very important, Michael, because I love to hear what other people think, not just people who are sipping the Kool-Aid like myself, but also other people that are really out there and kind of just, you know, maybe partake in the product here and there. We want to make sure we're inclusive of everybody, and we're also inclusive of, you know, your opinions and what Royal Caribbean is doing. What are your thoughts on, say, like, dynamic dining? There's a topic right there we just talked about. You know, how do you, what's your take on that kind of a situation? And. All those kinds of things. So, of course, feel free to email us all your thoughts here. uh, Matt, M-A-T-C, at com. And, of course, let me know about your cruise there to uh, the Southern Caribbean. I think you're having a great time on there. And it's a great itinerary. I'll tell you, it's one of the best itineraries I've ever taken was that Southern Caribbean one. So very jealous you get to go there and enjoy. Next, we have an email from Stephanie Ozine, who writes, I just got back from a trip on Navigator. This is out of Galveston. I've only been on two cruises. The first was in Alaska on Radiance of the Seas in 2013. Both times, waited for more than two hours in line for customs. Is it possible to get through U.S. customs on a cruise vacation in less time? In Galveston, we debated getting a porter as you recommended, but when none were available and their line l- looked completely stopped, I think it may have saved us a little time, but it wasn't obvious when we were making the decision. One thing we realized far too late, sadly. Royal Caribbean offered an excursion in Galveston that day, a trip to the Houston Space Center, and then on to the airport. A few days earlier, we'd been on the very first center to port where we'd booked a long excursion to Royal Caribbean. I realized that people booked the Space Center excursion were probably among the first people off the ship, and therefore got to customs before the line had built up. I'd definitely be looking into excursions on debarkation day for any future cruises, of course taking your own luggage and leaving early solves this problem too my kids are too small now but will soon be useful for moving luggage around <laughs> love it thanks for the podcast i really enjoyed listening and i've learned so much it's really helpful and fun thank you stephanie and to answer your question you nailed it the best way to get off the ship without a long customs line is to be among the first and to be among the first generally speaking you need to be doing the self disembarkation basically you don't check any luggage you keep them all to yourself you don't put anything out in the hallway the night before, and then when they, when they say you're ready for it, the the people that are can take their own luggage off will be the first ones off the ship, and you can then bypass the whole line, and it'll be a much quicker experience. Now, if that's not a possibility, if you've got kids, I've got young kids as well, it's not a possibility for us, I can tell you that. I can tell my wife all this great strategies is not going to happen. The other thing you can do is go to guest services and tell them, say, look, we've got to make a flight. We got young children, whatever the excuse may be. We just don't want, we want to be among the first off the ship because, you know, we're early risers. We just want to get off and and be on our way. We've got plans for the day. The, they can help you move along that number. So the number you get in your stateroom, because of course the night, the last night of the cruise, you're going to find on your bed among the tears that you'll be crying because like, oh no, I don't want to get off the ship, is going to be the luggage tags for you to be able to use on your luggage to leave it out in the in the in the hallway. But the thing is the number you get, the Brookerman does its best to kind of figure out what you need, but they're not gonna always do the best job possible. They don't know every detail. They're just, you know, generalizing. But there is room for maneuvering a little bit. In terms of getting a, I'm not sure if it's a higher number, or lower number. I forget how that works, but a number that's going to get you a earlier debarkation time. Again, going to guest services is one of the best ways. You can also talk to your stateroom attendant. Sometimes they have lower numbers as well. It's not a surefire way. Certainly, if you want a surefire, absolutely guaranteed way to be among the first off the ship, it's going to be with the with with the of course self disembarkation option. Of course, you could wait for the among the last. There are people that literally will stay on board until, like, you know, they make the announcements, please, you need to leave the ship now, and, you know, among the last, the problem that I always find with this, I just don't know what to do, I love to do that, but it seems kind of boring, because all the public venues are closed, the restaurants close by, like, 8 o'clock, so literally, the only thing you can do is sit around the ship, to me, I'd rather just get off the ship and be on my way, I mean, I love cruising, but an extra hour sitting around, just staring at the wall or ceiling. I don't know. For me, it just doesn't do it. So I, I think if you want to go for the early option, I know it stinks to have to, again, bring all your luggage, but if you pack lightly, you might get around this whole problem. Hopefully, that'll help you out there, Stephanie. So I, I hope that's a little bit of advice for you and hopefully a little bit of help. Of course, if anyone has any other ideas, would love to hear about it. Let's move on to our next email. It's from Jeff from New Bern, North Carolina. Hi, Matt. I'm trying to surprise my parents with a cruise to the Bahamas in March 2017. I can't find any info on shore excursions for NASA or Key West. Can you help me? What excursions are normally offered? The ship is enchantment of the seas. Love your blog as well as your other blog. I've been a loyal fan for years. Jeff, thank you so much for the email. Good question. So, shore excursions in NASA or Key West? So, NASA, there's a number of excursions offered. I think the – and we've talked about this in a couple other shows – I always say that if you want something special, you want something kind of fun and, and certainly you... Not, I don't know if it's unique is the right word, but something certainly a really fun experience is going to be certainly Atlantis Resort, doing a shore excursion there. It's probably one of the best things. It's it's a, it's a hotel resort that offers you a day pass, essentially, to use their facilities. You can also kind of upgrade yourself to certain things like this. they have a water park, there's a casino... And there's a lot of different things you can do over there. It's not just simply a beach and, and a chair. There's a lot. But I think it's one of the better beach experiences you're going to find in Nassau. Again, it's kind of pricey, but I do think it's one of the best things you can do. You can also do a walking tour on your own in, in Nassau, but that's only going to be like maybe, I like I said, probably an hour or two, three at the most, depending on how, how slow you walk and how much you really take it. There's a little bit of sight to see, not a whole lot, but they're very close to the ship, and you can absolutely walk around there's some good information online for kind of, you know, sites to see in NASA. But I'm not sure it's the most exciting thing. I think NASA kind of has a reputation of not being the most exciting port in the Caribbean. But I think that's probably among the most interesting things that are going to be there. Certainly, Atlantis is my go-to answer all the time for it. For Key West, though, Key West is a great city. And you want to get lost in Key West. You just want to walk around. You just want to go experience the city itself. It's a great little spot. And there's two things you want to do. Well, number one, you want to go walk around the city. Just kind of take it all in. Have have lunch out there. Maybe rent one of the scooters. If you want to go to the beach, you can go to the beach there as well. Go to the southernmost tip in the United States. Point. It's very touristy, but everybody does it because it's a great little photo. Why not? I do it all the time, too. You go there. And the really cool thing is you want to be there for the sunset because the sunsets are always supposed to be amazing in Key West, certainly. I think its reputation is well-deserved. And there are a couple areas you're going to want to look at. First is Mallory Square. I think most people go there, and it's it's kind of a party. In fact, at Mallory Square, that's definitely a big one. The other one is the Tower Bar at Turl Crawl's. That's another big area. So you can always check that out in terms of the uh, yeah the sunset. It, but it, the Sunsets in Key West are supposed to be amazing. So that's kind of the two spots you want to be. I think Mallory Square is the area that I've been to before. And I can tell you it is kind of cool. There's there's acrobats, musicians, jugglers, magicians. It, it's a, Basically, it's a show in and of itself. And it's kind of a cool little area. So you can Google those for some more information about what to do in Key West. But really, it's about exploring the city and then going to see the Sunset. <laughs> that's basically what you're going to be doing. In QS. All right. How about one more email? Sure, man. Okay. <laughs> Let's go with an email from Elisa Quinn. Hi, Matt. I listen to your podcast, and I'm also going on Allure of the Seas next year. During the summer, uh, I'll be going on there. Anyhow, I wanted to strongly recommend the Blue Hole with Liberty Tours. I've been about 10 cruises, and this is by hands the best tour guide event ever I've been on. I'm not affiliated with them, just passionate. It's good for the time. For- it's good for the tame to the adventurous ricardo is great at finding something for everyone i found out about it on cruise critic you can read about it on TripAdvisor. i promise I won't be, you won't be disappointed i know they do fill up i plan on doing it again in august anyhow thanks for the podcast i think i mentioned to you before we do royal caribbean's menus, so it's always fun to listen to the podcast while i work away and dream of my next cruise how cool is that lisa you get to work on royal caribbean's menus for a living that's pretty cool so she mentions liberty tours jamaica day tours this is in montego bay so obviously, if you're going to be stopping when we're on a lure this season, I'm part of our Royal Caribbean Blog Group Cruise, which is going to be going on February 21st, 2016, if I got that date right, I think. And that's going to be a really fun thing. So again, open invitation. Anybody can join us for that. More details at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. And basically, this is kind of a – I'm looking at the link that she had sent me. I'll post a link in her show notes, in fact, to the Liberty Tours Jamaica Day Tours review here on TripAdvisor it looks like a really fun time. It's basically kind of a, and just looking at it very briefly here, it looks like it's a kind of the Duns river falls kind of experience where there's a lot of you're in the forest and there's a river and there are falls and it's basically all I can tell you from the photos I'm looking at, but they do have excellent reviews. They've got five stars and 691 reviews. It's the number one thing in Montego Bay. So I'm guessing it's pretty darn good. So thank you for the recommendation. I love that. I love recommendations for things to do because I want to try different things. I don't want to do the same thing every single cruise. So, Thank you, Lisa. That's really helpful. I appreciate that. I'm glad I checked one more email out on this episode. And of course, you want to send us your emails, your thoughts on anything Royal Caribbean. You got Maybe you got a, a short excursion idea for me or anybody listening to this podcast. I'd love to hear about those. There's always an open opportunity. Send those if you want to talk to us maybe about your upcoming cruise. You have questions about it. You have comments about it. Maybe you've read a story on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, a new news story, and you're thinking to yourself, man, I want to share my thoughts about this. Email us as well. Let's talk about it here. So whatever's on your mind at Royal Caribbean, that's what we want to talk about. My email is Matt, M A T T, at Royal We'd love to read those. It'd be a lot of fun. And of course, it helps keep this all really an inclusive and fun experience. Because again, this is the best thing about my week because we get to talk Royal Caribbean together virtually anyway. So I love it. Again, Matt, M A T T, at Royal So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.